Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Ronnie Flores with my co-host, Ani Umana, back at it for another week, episode 118. Ani, how's it going? Man, good. Been a busy morning. We talked about it before the show. The early early, uh, early weeks are already, the beginning of the week's always a beast, but, uh, you know, sure. excited get to go to another episode and a lot has transpired like in the last like 48 72 hours so <laughs> a whole yeah. lot to talk about yeah we have a lot to talk about on this show uh we're gonna talk a little bit about nba all-star weekend some of the things that came out of that we're gonna talk about the uh, state champions invitational with a special guest later we'll talk a little bit about uh fab 50 the uh top 75 in the nba of all time you know, yep. we got a big incident that happened Sunday that kind of threw everything else. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, every that was what everybody talked about with college basketball. And again, we're getting close to March Madness. The intensity's heating up. Uh, you know, we got the conference tournaments coming up and then selection Sunday in a couple of weeks. But Ani, let's uh talk a little bit about college basketball. You know, let, let's talk about it. Does anything surprise you so far? Like Arizona being number two in the country, Gonzaga. Does anything surprise you so far about college basketball? Any player or any team? Uh, you know, Arizona being as good as they are, but when I got to watch them play, like, you know, how fast they play and uh, Matherin really, uh, you know, picking up and Christian the Col- uh, Coloco, uh, just, yeah. you know, they, they've been fantastic. They have been a surprise team, obviously. Like, yeah. I wouldn't predict, you know, mid February that they'd be uh, the number two team in the country. Um, uh, you know, you know, TCU, like I just got done watching yeah. them play, like seeing them kind of be a bubble team this year. Uh, just just uh, I thought, you know, with the how open the Big 12 is this year. Yeah. Kind of thought Baylor was going to come in and kind of dominate it again uh, or just, you know, show their presence. But Big 12 has been wide open. Yeah. Uh, Guys like Oscar Sweebe averaging like 15 rebounds a game. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, I just like that, uh, you know, college basketball is wide open. You yeah. Know, you got your teams like Purdue, like Jaden Ivey, that next step he's made as a player. And, you know, sure. Wisconsin being as good as they are, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, we'll talk about Wisconsin here in a few minutes. But, yeah, <laughs> right. the Big Ten is having a real, you know, really intense uh, weekend. But, uh, yeah, so that's how about you? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to comment a little bit on what you said. Yeah, Christian Coloco, obviously I saw him a lot at Sierra Canyon. He's improved so much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He's a bona fide big man that's like really you have to account for him. I mean, right. he, he's great on those 
you know, high screen lobs. And, and they, like you said, they move the ball really well. Speaking of Arizona and like that guy, you just never know. You know, uh, we're going to speak about little Sierra Cannon a little later too. We got to get into LeBron's comments about uh, playing with his son, Bronny, who I just saw this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got knocked off in the playoffs by Harvard Westlake. So we, like you said, we got a lot to cover, but uh, yeah, I think uh, for me, I think uh, the Pac-12 is starting to, you know, maybe level a little bit. Like UCLA's kind of coming back down to earth. USC, yeah, yeah Arizona. Tommy Lloyd, uh, he's doing a hell of a job. You know, he did a hell of a job on Mark Few staff at at Gonzaga. So it's not surprising to see him do a good job. Again, there was always that cloud hanging over with, you know, Sean Miller. Is he gonna, you know, what's gonna happen with him? I think that affected their play. It's hard to say that it didn't because they, yeah. those guys are. Really, like you said, playing fast, they're loose. They enjoy playing with each other. And not all colleges, as we know, not all college players enjoy playing with each other. They're looking at <laughs> that one eye on that transfer portal. Man, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's got us like a wandering eye on that transfer portal. Such a big part of the game now. So, yeah, you know, speaking of college basketball, so we had Wisconsin playing Michigan. Yeah. And let's just get into what happened because everybody in the free world knows what happened. So. At the end of the game, Wisconsin had beaten Michigan, and uh, I guess Wisconsin coach Greg Gard called the late timeout. He had some subs yeah. in there, but Michigan was still playing hard. I guess they're pressing a little bit. So, yep. uh, Juwan Howard didn't really like that that he called a timeout. I mean, the game was over. So, in the handshake line, uh, you know, Gard kind of got his his attention after. Howard said, hey, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember this. And Howard wasn't saying it in a very nice way. But what I kind of remember about that is, like, other Michigan players and other Michigan staff were just passing by like nothing really was wrong. Yeah, yeah. When he got to to Howard, like, he, you know, he kind of grabbed his arm to get his attention. And, you know, then it got a little more heated. And then it ended up with Wisconsin assistant Joe Krabenhoff getting slapped basically by Howard. I mean, he got mush. Push, I don't know what you call that. What do you call that? Mush, like, <laughs> mush, like, you know, like, like uh, homie, don't play that. Yeah. Right. It, just, it wasn't really a punch, obviously, because I guess Howard was heated, but he knew, okay, I better not close my fist and throw a punch. That's like, <laughs> that ain't going to be good. He knew that's not going to be good. I mean, he knew, like, the whole situation, you know, he knew that he was going to get a reaction and, and something was going to happen. But, hey, hey, when you're mad, you know, you're mad and you're upset and people get get heated, you know. But he did have the wherewithal to know that he probably wasn't should have punched him. But that probably means he probably had the wherewithal to know he probably shouldn't have uh, mushed him, too. So, right. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Howard was suspended for the rest of the regular season without pay. So it comes out to about 140K. He was fined another 40K by the Big Ten. I'm not sure if that's Michigan getting fined or him getting fined. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works in his contract or whatnot. But uh, Guard did not get suspended or will not be suspended. And Crabben Hoft is no suspension. I- I'm going to call him Krabby. I like that. I like the nickname Krabby. Krabby, I like that. He was a little fired up. You're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was real fired up. He walked in there like, yeah. well, I don't he know what he said. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know exactly what he said, but a lot of people made the comment that if he would have said something really derogatory that others would have heard it or that Howard might have mentioned it, you know, like, hey, wait a minute, this guy's was out of line. I'm not really sure. 
Doesn't seem like anything too specific that we can point to, but Musa Diabati, my guy from IMG, got suspended for a game. He was fired up. Oh, man, he was yeah. swinging. I was like, who was swinging? The, who was doing the punches? That was yeah. always Musa. I was like, and he yeah. just he had them eyes like, yeah. like you know, like I am not to be played with. Yeah, Musa not to be played with. Good for Musa. He's intense. <laughs> he learned down there at IMG to, you know, he's an intense guy. Terrence Williams and uh, Jacoby Neath of Wisconsin. So those guys got dinged for one game. So um, what was your first take when you saw this, Ani? Um, you know, I, then, of course, social media went crazy with their takes right. on this. But what was your first take on the incident? Not so much the reaction. and everything. So when I got the ESPN notification that Juwan Howard threw yeah. a punch at a Wisconsin assistant, I was like, okay, that's the most random notification that I could get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my reaction when 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 I saw it um uh, was like damn like what happened like what yeah. led him to do that um yeah, yeah, yeah you know obviously that it wasn't the right thing to do but it was yeah. like damn like you you need to be suspended for the year <laughs> like like you you don't need to be coaching this season like yeah I, I didn't think he needs to get fired I know there was some really yeah. strong there were some takes on that yeah. obviously the first like big offense from Juwan on that. Obviously, if he were to do something similar to that again, he would need to get fired. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, you don't need to be coaching this season. And uh, okay. then, 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 then the next question was like, then my next thing was like, this, did he just say like, screw it, we're not going to be in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I'm See, out. That's the, thing, yeah, that's the thing I'm thinking too. Like, he's mad because they lost. Right. So, I, you know, I heard some comments like Jalen Rose, his obviously his Fab Five team, would say, "Well, Michigan is the envy of every Big Ten program." I'm like, Jalen, what are you talking about? Like Michigan? No, they're not. Like Wisconsin has had some huge wins, especially that one over Kentucky, right in the tournament a few years ago. Right, they were undefeated. Mm-hmm. We know Tom Izzo has had a Hall of Fame career at Michigan State. They've been a at least five, seven Final Fours, maybe nine. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know it offhand. They've been to quite a few, maybe seven. So mm-hmm. no, Michigan is not like this envious program. Yes, they have the maize and blue. Yes, they are a program to be dealt with. But like you said, is Juwan's got to be feeling the pressure of not yeah. maybe playing as well as they thought, and and they got their butts kicked on that day. So you know that has to play a role. He's not happy. You know what I mean? Like. Right, if they had won by twenty. There's no way that would have happened. <laughs> right, like, it doesn't so wish someone that they win by twenty. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's. It's a moot point. So, like you said, that plays a little factor in it. So, I guess the first thing I thought was, you know, like, what is his performance? Does the AD and does the school president like Juwan Howard? That's the first thing I. One of the first things I thought, like, how much do they like this dude? Because if they don't, like you said, he may get fired. Right. But if they, you know, they cooler heads prevail, the whole situation gets reviewed. Greg Gard kind of stopped him and grabbed. Juwan didn't want to really be engaged. No, so that was a that was a a point of that that Juwan didn't want to be engaged. And but again, Juwan, if you don't want to engage somebody, don't say I'm gonna remember that. Like he's gonna <laughs> try to like retort that. Maybe he shouldn't. Have, don't touch somebody. I kind of agree with that. Don't touch somebody. Right. But don't say. Hey, Ani, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember this podcast, you know, like. If right, and then walk like, away and try to yeah. walk away. You'd be like, oh, hold on. Like, what's yeah. up? Like, what's Yeah, any like, any coach is going to get your attention, especially a guy like 
who know, feel maybe he feels he knows you like yo juan what's up we've had uh brunch you know we we chop it up in the airport or whatever you know yeah. i've called like what's the problem now again back to the losing I, I don't know Michigan's record offhand. I'm not, not worried. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it because that what you just said is what I thought they would be. <laughs> 15 and 12, you know, whatever. Right, right. Five and five in the Big Ten. Like that's the whole gist of this. You know what I mean? If they were 24 and 2, it's not even a problem. You know what right. I mean? Like we don't have this problem. So that could raise a factor. You know, I, again, he's a Michigan guy. He's rep like you said, Ani, he, like he, he should be suspended for our gone for the season is because he's representing Michigan. Again, we have this thing where college basketball has these handshake lines that you don't really have in the pros. You want to have it in high school because you're trying to show sportsmanship, teach people something. So, you know, that, that kind of thing. And as you mentioned, um, with, with that being said, as you thought of your, what your first take was, do you think the punishment ended up being fair and proper? Yeah, for sure. I thought uh, when they said he was suspended for what five games, but really was basically it's the season. Um, I thought it. I thought it was. It was. It was. It was just like I thought that was right. I don't think he should coach this season. Um, okay. And, yeah, he needs to cool down to kind of like regather. What What are you doing? What 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 are you trying to accomplish here? Yeah. Right, and then you know, right, and then it just like you said, you made the whole point. It's just because they lost. At the yeah. end of the day, if, if Michigan was having the season they had last year, obviously he doesn't do that. Um, yeah. So I think you know, like you said, he needs to kind of he needs to reevaluate himself. I'm like, look, you know, <laughs> you're going to have the, you know, if he coaches a long enough time, you're going to have bad seasons, like or just seasons that just don't meet expectations. So I mean, yeah. you can't. That's not the way to react, you know, over yeah. a situation. You know Correct, because I mean? you're representing the school, you're representing young kids. You're getting paid a lot of good money to coach, you know. It's right. gonna come 140k doesn't mean nothing to him though. I mean <laughs> no, no I, it's the whole situation. So that's right. my leads to my next question is like you said, his reputation. He kind of got into it with some coaches before mm-hmm. at a at a you know, saying his first incident, it's his first major incident where it led almost led to a big brawl, but he got into it verbally with some coaches before. So Ani, like like you said, in the pressure cooker of big time college basketball. Do you think he's going to be able to coach with intensity he wants going forward? Or, like, is he just going to now be under the microscope every intense game or big, you know, meaningful game? It's like, is this guy going to be able to get at it after his guys or bark at the referees the way he wants or whatever, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think in I think in the beginning, though, I think he would be very cautious. Um, and then, you know, depending on the results of that, like let's say he's very calm and maybe like that's just how he is, but that he's not getting the results that he wants. Yeah. And he's going to be like, screw it. I got to win. So, you know, I'll go back and uh, do what I have to do. I think we'll – I don't think people will forget. I think it is something that's going to be with yeah. him for his entire, like, co- coaching career, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. But I think eventually he, he he'll get back to, like, you know, getting on the rest, bark and doing those things. But uh, yeah, I yeah. do think he's going to really calm down in the beginning because he's going to know, like, all eyes are on him yeah. in that uh, that regard. Now, like, now I have a deeper question. Like, do you think it will affect him? Like, you know, because I know he was in – he was in – I wouldn't say runnings, but, like, he was, his name popped up in, like, NBA jobs. And, uh, you know, maybe another big-time college uh, head coach job comes up. Do you think this incident will impact him, like, three or four years down the line? 
I uh, think it will impact him getting a non-Michigan job at the college level. I think at the NBA level, the expectations are different. You're dealing with men getting paid a lot of money. You don't really – there's not a lot of really barking at the end of games. You know, it's a different vibe, especially recently in the NBA. Guys are really uh, jersey swapping. and <laughs> It's a little different, you know. Uh, right. The pressure cooker of college basketball is just – and, of course, you know, being showing sportsmanship is a little different. I think he's going to have – the microscope, like you said, especially if he wants to get another college job. I can't imagine him right now. Time changes everything. Time heals all That's wounds. Right. I could see him getting another college job if he if it doesn't work out of Michigan, but like not right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be like, whoa, what are you know? It's, it's gonna take a while. Again, and he's got to It's gonna go back to like you said, his on the court resume. I saw Michigan earlier this year live uh, at UNLV. Mm -hmm. Doubleheader. Arizona was there, and they didn't look very great. Like the team that basically was coming off that loss to UCLA in the tournament. Yeah. You know, they didn't play. They, they, something is, yeah, he's trying to fire his guys up and they were a little slow, a little methodical. So I could see why they're, like you said, 14 and 11 or whatever it is that they're going into this week is they need some work on the court. Yeah. <laughs> if Musa if Musa played as good as he got in that scrum, he would be all American, you know, like. right? And he, you know, and, and and I like Musa, and I like Musa's yeah. game, and I know he's on some NBA draft boards, but I mean, sure. he's been very up and down this season. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. It comes down to the play, right? Right, and so uh, yeah, I got to see him. Like I, I remember, I was uh, watching for about a half. Yeah. Um, uh, the game, and they, yeah, they they didn't look like. Something was missing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's just backcourt play. Some something was just missing. It just yeah. You still have Hunter Dickinson. You you know you got pieces. It just seemed like it just hasn't all been put together yet. Yeah, the one thing I noticed against Arizona was the foot speed. They did is Arizona ran right by him. Yeah, Loco, that man, they just ran right by him. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> they didn't have the foot speed. And again, that's a little bit of a stereotype. The Big Ten is uh, grinded out. It's rugged conference, but still, yeah, they're going to need a lot of work to get to the level that Juwan and that program expect. So For sure. that'll be very interesting to see how that goes forward. Um, you know, let me ask you a question when we go to our next topic. Oh. Well, college basketball, again, we're in ultra sensitive times. It's just the way we are right now. The world we live in, you know, uh, uh, it's, are they going to succumb and get away, do away with the handshake or is that just overboard? Uh I think they should at some point. Uh, okay. I don't think they will. Uh, I think okay. it's just – I know college basketball gets so much tradition. It's, you know, it's a, a big, big on tradition. I say that yeah. now, the NIL and all this. Yeah. You know, but, like, um, yeah. I just think the handshake lines is always going to be something they do. I think kind of – I think getting away from it uh, yeah. is probably – is a – Probably a better idea, especially us being in a pandemic. They actually had an out <laughs> to, to, to not do it. Musa, <laughs> Musa doesn't have to worry about being suspended. He's going to get COVID. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like, well, we're supposed to be in a pandemic and these guys are brawling. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, like even in high school games, you know, like you'll see yeah. like handshake lines, like they're now starting to get like Someone's going to say something to a kid yeah. <laughs> during well, the handshake nice line. Tackles. Yeah, there's been some tackles in the high school handshake line. Some sucker punches. Yeah. It's tough. 
I like it. I think it shows constraint and control that you can control your emotions. But yeah, to your point, it, you know, they may do away with it. We'll see. I mean, that'll be a big move, you know, because again, that will put even more spotlight on like, do we just do it because of Juwan Howard, you know? Like, right, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, like, do we, you know, that puts them in a big spotlight. And, and, and some people have resentment for that. There's, there's a lot of underlying things in college basketball like that, you know, like uh, I remember when Jason Kidd was at Cal and his coach got fired and they started Todd Bozeman, who was a young mm -hmm. assistant. He wasn't even 30 years old at the time. A lot of the other coaches resented it. You know what I mean? Meaning a lot mm -hmm. of other coaches in the Pac-10 yeah. they had words with each other. You know, they barked at each other. Lute Olsen was barking at him. So, yeah, really? like a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> they, we go like little under behind behind the scenes that we don't always pay attention to, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why it seemed like Guard and, and uh, Juwan had pretty good rapport, like, in their interactions before, you know, they were talking. So I think right. that's why uh, – but Juwan gets fired up. So, again, back to – it's back to the winning. So we'll see. We'll see how they do and what, what he does next year and, and, and what happens in the offseason. Let's jump over to the NBA All-Star game, which is happening. Like, we – the NBA All-Star game is – not something that like it's it's more of an entertainment weekend for people. For sure, uh, it has some some good qualities. It's had some great moments over the years, but it's changed over the years. Uh, you know, Steph Curry hit 16 three pointers, 50 points <laughs> to win MVP. I think that's his first All Star Game MVP. Mm -hmm. He's been the uh, three point contest champ a couple times. Ani, do you, were you surprised that 16 is the record for any game? Like any for game. Threes? Yeah, like <laughs> uh, regular season, yes. Uh, just because yeah, NBA, even though teams score 120, 130 points in the NBA yeah. regular season game, but defenses generally won't let you make that many. Now, Steph is an outlier three point yeah, shooter, sure. but NBA All Star, yeah, like yeah, I mean they don't really play defense. I mean yeah, now with right. the new format, uh, yeah. they do what they like, got the end, you know, yeah, sure. but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Sense. But, like, I mean, for the most part, I feel like they purposely try to keep it somewhat close so they yeah. can have a good ending. Like, just watching the game, I'm like, all right, we're going to play defense here, <laughs> you know, because we don't want to get too far ahead. And it, you know what I mean? Like, I know they do the quarter by quarter, but, like, it was just, I, yeah. you know, I just think for an NBA All-Star game, yes, I'm surprised at 16. I thought, I'm yeah. Surprised I'm surprised. yeah, that's pretty, I mean, man, people were excited and, Obviously, Steph was is because uh, his dad was playing for the Cavaliers at the time. He's kind of like an Akron baby. Wasn't mm. obviously he moved to Toronto. He moved various places and settled in 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 North Carolina. But that that was pretty uh, cool to see. Obviously, it was cool to see all the the uh, guys on the NBA seventy five team, which we've been over. We won't spend too much time on that, but we, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. But the actual like merits of the guys. But I think it was more awesome to see the guys to see that some of the older guys and then like some of the younger guys that were just happy to be involved, like Giannis, mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, Dame Lillard and, you know, a couple of the, you know, Carmelo and the guys who got selected as the, the newer. Yeah. Like LeBron players. and all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Even LeBron is kind of older now, but even he's still kind of like a fan of all the guys that came before him. So yeah, that was cool to see, you know, MJ got the biggest cheer of the night. That's right. You know, <laughs> the Cavs don't like MJ. Like he, destroyed the Cavs. Oh yeah. Yeah, all the time like Broke that's the hearts. <laughs> yeah, like that's the team that 
he destroyed the most. Like statistically, he like just mm-hmm. looked great against the Cavs. <laughs> he just always, like you said, he, uh, you know, the Cavs were supposed to be like some magazines and some stuff. They had drafted well. They got Mark Price, Brad Doherty, uh, John Williams. They were supposed to be one of the better teams. People thought they might win a couple of championships in the nineties. Wow. Like it wasn't out of the question. Like that's what people thought when the nineties started. Like this team is young. They drafted well. They they have some pieces and like Jordan just like broke their heart. Like, yeah, <laughs> but Jordan, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that wasn't happening. And it's cool to see him. You know, they they cheer for him. Like you said, people seem to like the new format. Uh, you know, like you said, try to win each quarter. Then the fourth period, you have to hit the target score. What did you think about that? What did you think about LeBron's final shot? You know, kind of uh, man, score? like I yeah. I I thought the the ending of it. I thought. LeBron's shot was fantastic. I was like, yeah. of course, him taking a one-legged fadeaway, you yeah. know, for the game winner in in Cleveland. It's yeah. you know, um, it was it was a, it was a it was a hell of a shot. I'm yeah. kind of happy it went in because I thought that yeah. was like a perfect ending to the yeah. game. I like the format. I think the format is a is a pretty cool format. At, yeah. It at least gives competitiveness like towards the end, if yeah. still towards the end of that quarter, towards the end of the yeah. game. You, you know, mean? I I remember like. You know when how the old format was, and like you know, with Allen Iverson and all those cats, and you know, oh, there's yeah, just, you know, it's just a runway just to do a windmill dunk, or you know, yeah. like hey, this kid, this you know, you got the small guard, let's let's pick him up while he jump in the air so he can dunk it. Like yeah. you see stuff like I, you just kind of see just random stuff yeah. like that would just, but you know, it, at least there's some competitive basketball towards the end. Yeah. Um, now I was gonna ask you this, like. The teams were so lopsided, like from the picks. Like, does Kevin Durant? I'm gonna ask you, does Kevin Durant need to pick any more All Star teams? No, no. There's no way Kevin Durant like little. He, he likes his certain guys, and he he has little little picks. You know, access to grind with guys. He probably just picks who he wants. It's like Kevin, you need to pick the best available guy. Like, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, they keep losing. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, obviously it was close, but like. How does Giannis and LeBron get on the same team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can see Durant doing that. He just kind of wants to, like, stick it to certain guys, you know. He always has that, like, little attitude, like, hey, you know, I'm the outlier. I know you guys all love LeBron. The league loves Steph. But I, like, you know, you can make the argument he's the best player in the league. For sure. Like, For sure. nobody would, you know, you'd have to put up a fight to fight that argument. So, I can see a little bit of that because everybody loves Steph. You know what I mean? Now, right. like he's universally loved, and and again they're in contention again. And then of course LeBron is in his hometown. The only thing that I was cool, with, I thought about it on that three pointer was like I'm glad it was in that format because the thing I remember is like MJ's last All Star game, and he hit a fadeaway. Oh yeah, and it was a great shot. And I just remember Jay Z and Beyonce. Beyonce's eyes were like all big, and she was like whoa, because the camera was on her a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, she was kind of coming into being an A1 superstar as an entertainer. And then Jermaine O'Neal fouls Kobe in the corner. It's like, Jermaine, like, Jermaine, what are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't a big time. Like, he, it could have been a non-call, but, like, they called it. And obviously, Kobe hit the free throw. So, like, I'm glad that, like, the game just kind of ended in that moment. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, and nobody can screw it up. Like you said, the ending was great. Um it was a perfect ending for that kind of, you know, like you said, it's, it's entertainment for the fans. So I'm glad the fans seen enjoy, enjoy their, their, 
their uh you know their time there what did you like do you really think the crowd really likes three point shooting more than dunking now or is it just that dunking is because of baller's life because of hoop mixtape and just instant highlights or are are we spoiled or like are we not enjoying these dunks as much as we should or is it just hey curry and these guys the three point shot to me i've always liked the three point shot like i like that contest you know yeah, i like I, the dunk contest but what do you I, think i mean i i think i think people like so I'll, let me go back and say this: the Dembia dunk contest was horrible this year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was, it was god awful. But uh, I think people do like a really good dunk compared to like a, a high difficulty three. Uh, well, or compared to like a three point contest, like yeah. if it was a really good dunk contest, we really remember it. I thought like Aaron Gordon and and like when Zach Levine yeah. and they kind of went at it. Um, but. I do think like hoop mixtape, balls live, like what yeah. dunk have we not seen? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's to the point where you have to just bring props or, you know, Cole Anthony tried to bring Tim, put on Tim's and, uh, you know, for me. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, like Jayla Green having a, his phone with a chain that had his highlights. Like, I don't know. Like, you yeah. know, guys got to be really creative, but I think yeah. three point shooting. Uh, I think the crowd starting, like if you would ask me ten years ago, I would think a really good dunk dunks have more value than a three, right? Obviously, yeah. but now I would say if it was like this, like yeah. ten years ago, I think it's like this, right? Yeah. Like I, I mean, think three is people love the deep ball. Of course, they love Curry. Yeah, yeah. Again, and as time goes by, how many new dunks can we see? Yeah. So. In that regard, obviously, you you know, I, I don't even want to talk about the dunk contest. I really don't know who won it. Uh, do I know who won it? Let me think. Do I know who won it? No, I, I know Jalen Green didn't win it. No. You know what I mean? No, so, like, I, I, I don't know who, what the winning dunk is. I'm not really worried about it. Like, it's, it's okay, you know? Like, yeah, Obi Toppin won it, yeah, but it yeah. was one of the most. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I kind of uh, it was a bad dunk contest. I've already forgot about it, so. Right. My question to you is like, what's next for All Star Saturday night? Do they need to scrap it, change the dunk contest? Do you want them to allow professional dunkers, uh, like you know, guys not in the NBA, guys in the G League? What or scrap the dunk contest or just leave it? I, I think you do dunkers? these. I, I think this is what you do. I think you do a team of your four best NBA dunkers. I think it's like team NBA dunk contest. Like okay. you get four professional dunkers. Okay. Right. Or and then you get four really, really good NBA dunkers. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like Toscano, but Toscano would not be in there. Right. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I think that's what you do. You get the four best NBA dunk dunkers. Like, like yeah. get John Moran. You Aaron Gordon. I know you want. Yeah. It's gonna be hard to get him because he, you know, he feels yeah. like he got cheated twice. But get four really, really good NBA yeah. dunkers. And get four professional dunkers and just have them go at it. Yeah. Just do a team. Like, because yeah, I think, again, yeah. that would put a little pressure. It would put two things that I would love to see. And it would put pressure on the NBA players like, yo, I don't want to lose to a professional dunker who's not in the league. Right. So like you said, they would dunk with a little more, warm up more. And then the other thing, everybody on social media goes, oh, my guy, Kenny Dobbs. Would win that dunk. Oh my guy! Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dunking in a ball is life. 
open gym and open court setting is different than dunking in front of Beyonce and Janet Jackson. Right. So that would put pressure on the pro dunkers too, the other way. Cause I've seen it happen with the guy I keep remembering is when flight white, James white eventually. Oh yeah. NBA. yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, James white's going to win this. Dunk. He's by far the best dunker out here. And he just was a little cold. I don't know if he was a little nervous or obviously he's a little older. He was with the Knicks, I think at the time. So he might've been like 28 maybe 30, mm -hmm. but he finally broke into the NBA and it was like, yeah, James White's going to be in the dunk contest. I'm going to watch this. He didn't perform that well. And trust me, James White can dunk. Like you, I remember. Yeah. And I remember. Like, you know, you don't can't just say that a pro dunker or a guy off the street's going to walk into an NBA arena and with every major camera in the world on him and, and beat, you know, beat uh, a NBA dunker. You can't, that you can't just always say that. Right, like with Michael Jordan and Dr. Yeah, J yeah. judging and Isaiah, yeah. right. you know, it's like you know, it's different. Like you know, yeah. I was telling my my, my guy, I was like, yeah, they're like, you know, they threw it. The one of the dunk attempts was they threw it outside the backboard. Jalen Green was trying to go between his leg and dunk it. I was yeah. like, Jalen Green's probably done that dunk probably fifty times. Yeah, fifty before. times, correct. I said, but it's different yeah. in this stage. When you're Correct. throwing off the side of the backboard and then like across from you, you see, like you said, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Dr. Dre. And then, you know, the yeah. the people to see behind you is like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, Bill Russell's looking at you like, come on, dude. <laughs> right. And if you miss the first two, then they're looking like they have. Yeah. They're going to have to. They're looking at you like what's going on, you know? Uh, You know, are you going are you gonna to be able to make this? Young yeah. fella, you're going to make this. So. I just think um, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure. Like you said, James White, I remember him. Like, I used to yeah. watch his highlights, his dunk highlights. I mean, wasn't he in the McDonald's All-American uh, dunk? Oh, yeah, he dunked he from the free throw it. line. He could dunk between the free throw line between his legs. But it's just not that easy, like you said. Right. So, that that yeah, I would like to see it. I would like to see at least try that something, some kind of fan voting. Who do you want in the dunk contest, you know? So, again, we always thought that maybe Zion would come and, Revamp the dunk contest a little bit, but yeah, that that hasn't happened. Nah, nah, you know? nah, nah. <laughs> is, is Zion gonna look? Is Zion gonna be able to play a full season again? <laughs> I don't know, man. As, Durant, as John Morant keeps elevating his status, it's like man, that keeps coming into fruition. We'll because talk we talked that. about it, we talked we about talked a couple about episodes ago. Yeah, you asked me, like, is he gonna up. be a bust? And I'm like, I said no. And then two weeks now, you want to change your mind. I'm not gonna change more. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go like that. No, but no, yeah. But ooh. when the dunk contest comes up, that's a guy you think of like, right? That's the guy you want to see. So yeah, it, it a lot of affects a lot of things. Um, uh, real quick, let's talk about the NBA top seventy-five. You know, uh, ESPN came out with their top ten of that top seventy-five. Jordan one, LeBron two, uh -oh. Kareem three, Magic four, Wilt five, Bill Russell six. Larry Legend, seven, Tim Duncan, eight, Oscar, nine, and Kobe Bryant, ten. What, real quick, before we jump into this, our next topic, what did, what did you think about that list and just the guys being there? Um, you know what? I analyzed that list pretty, uh, pretty good because I was like, you know, usually when someone makes a top ten list, I'm always like, oh, that can't, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, damn. It's hard to argue that top ten. Yeah. Obviously, people like some, top 10, yeah. some people think LeBron should be one or whatever. Whatever. I still think there's more no. he needs to prove. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like the list. Yeah. Um, 
I thought Will, you know, the most interesting one is Will at five and uh, Bill Russell at six because, you know, yeah. Bill's always won the head-to-head even though Will didn't have the pieces around him like uh, Bill did and, you know, really more so that later on his career with the Lakers in the 70s. But, like, um, you know, I thought that was I thought that was the only interesting one because, you know, you could easily put Bill ahead of yeah. Will. Sure. But uh, Will was just such a dominant force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could put Will higher. Yeah, so yeah. Well, you could match and match those guys. The thing I think about Kobe Bryant is like when you think about Jordan real quick and when Clyde Drexler was coming into age and was like, hey, maybe this guy can give the Bulls a, a run in the in the finals. Maybe he is right there as the next best guard. And it's like Jordan put that arrest immediately in that first game of that finals. Like it was no question. That yeah. series was over. <laughs> yeah, now – Portland won a couple games. They were a good team, but like the series was over. So like with 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 Kobe, it's like you can argue Tim Duncan's the best player of his era. Yeah. Like and you can really make that art. Like it's they 18 straight years, they never had a losing season. They won 50 games, I think almost every year. Yep. He has five titles. So that's very interesting. Like you say, you can't harder knock those guys. We'll get more into that. But let's jump into our main topic because our guest is going to come on here uh soon. Rashid Ghazi from Paragon Marketing Group. He's the president. He obviously has a big hand and in the state champions invitational. It's a 14 tournament. We we mentioned last week, April 7th through 9th. If you checked out ballslife.com, talked about that. Uh, state approved champions from Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, Utah, Washington, DC. The goal is to get eight teams next year in 223. Um, we talked about it last week. We wanted to bring yep. him on. You know, because we wanted to, we talked with Grant Rice last week. So we appreciate Grant Rice from Gorman coming on because, again, state champions. But we want to talk about Geico a little bit and why the separation of the two two uh, tournaments. So, what did you think about that? You know, talking to Grant, and now that you have a time, a week to digest it, you know, extends the season one week. Some state ch- champions have to come back after a big break and come back and play. You know, what's your your thought on it, Ani? Um, I still really like the uh, the 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 idea. Like, you know, e- even be able to talk to some people out in uh, uh, Texas uh, about it, even though Texas is not one of the state this year, not one of the states this year. Um, it's something that you you see. I mean, I'm hearing from some teams that like there'll be something cool for our kids. You know, if we win state, you know, if we could yeah. potentially get invited, and in. now. Uh, they're looking for a Geico, uh, especially yeah. around here. Guys are looking to play in something that's after that's winning that's a state true. title. Yeah, um, correct. And so, so I, I really, I really like the idea. I like the concept. And again, I just like the requirements of winning a state title. It's not just about yeah. you know the ranking. Like you gotta win in order to be yeah. eligible to get invited. So, yeah. um, no, I, I'm I'm loving the idea. And the people in Texas that they kind of excited about the potential of of them getting. Uh, involved. Yeah, because that makes a good point. I think in Texas, you're looking at obviously a Duncanville's having a once in a 10 year type season. Right. And 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 Richardson is right there. And then even Beaumont United and Kimball or whoever in, in class 5A. Mm-hmm. But they're excited. Like they're looking for it. They want something like you said at the end of the season. We're in California. I still think guys are like, well, we're not going to get him like CIS not gonna let us play. It's not on their radar yet. They might be thinking about it in a peripheral, but like they're not excited yet because it hasn't come to fruition, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. I think the coaches, like you said, in Texas, they're like they can see the the the, the daylight in the tunnel. Like, hey, right. yeah, we can get invited next year, maybe or maybe in twenty four. Like this would be 
fire us up, get us excited. So, yeah, I, I do like to see that the states get a little bit more. Um, states get a little bit more, maybe like uh, actual realistic expectations. Like we can win this thing. We can win, especially if it goes to eight teams. This year's going to be four. Right. Down in down in Florida. But like it gives some them something to look forward to where like you said if you're a great state champion a small state you're not going to go down to geico and beat like sunrise link and, and montverdian back to back to back games like, like one and done <laughs> you're going to be one and done yeah like it gives them something to look forward to like like you said the coaches and and, and maybe other states are now looking like hey we, we can get in we can win you know before they kind of knew that they were not going to get in Right. Or even if they did, they're not going to win three straight games in a row. So I think we got our guest Rashid Ghazi here with us. Let's see if we can bring him in now and add him to uh, the, in the paint show. Hey, how are Rock, you? Are you there? I'm you here. Can you hear me? Great. Yep, we can hear you. I appreciate you taking time to jump on today. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the event, and uh, my co-host Ani Umana here was mentioning that some coaches in Texas were kind of seeing the daylight, like, hey, maybe not this year, but if we – you know, if we have a good team, it's something for them to look forward to at the end of the season after winning a state title. So why don't you just kind of talk about what's been the reaction so far since it's been announced it's been about a week, just people talking about it. I'm sure, of course, like you said, you're you're going to a little bit of public enemy number one, but also you're trying to grow this thing <laughs> forward. You know, but what's yeah. been the reaction so far? Yeah, well, I learned a long time ago. I, I, w I actually went to college not far from you, University of Redlands and ran for student body president. What I realized was. Yeah. When you create ideas or do things that are different, you can't please everybody. Sure. You can only try to do things that you think are the right thing to do. And progress is tough. If if everything had an easy path laid out, everyone would do everything. Um, sure. And so, you know, I go back before we talk about, you know, um, state champions invitational. We started Geico Nationals, which was the NHSI, as you remember well, Ronnie. We had no states involved in the event. Um, in fact, I got in trouble for sending out notes to a lot of states, asking them even to think about participating. Now, 10 years later, we have we have eight. When we started Geico Nationals, a lot of the high school coaches were like, man, I don't know if I want to play because I go to Final Four that weekend. Like, that's my weekend to have fun. My season's done. I got to wait a month. Yeah. But now, you know, we have more people wanting to get in than can actually uh, – we have room for. We have kids exactly. transferring schools to get into this tournament. So over time, um, things change and, and, and evolve. I think – for, uh, for you guys in the media, yeah. I think State Champions Invitational is a brand new idea and thought, which has created a lot of buzz, positive sure. and negative. I think for us, it's been something we've been looking at developing for four years, would have yeah. tried to launch it a couple years ago, but then COVID obviously knocked out Geico Nationals a couple years ago. And then last sure. year, we were frankly just happy to put the tournament on in a COVID yeah. environment. And so <laughs> this has been on my radar screen, screen for a long time. So the, re the reaction that we've gotten has been really positive. Obviously, there's a challenge which we can talk about with AAU basketball in the open period taking sure. place the same weekend. Um, but the reason it's been positive is we've been talking to a couple of different parties in terms of what we do. So one, with Geico Nationals, the biggest thing that we had to do when we started was break down the barriers for why states would say no, right? Okay. Well, it it's after our postseason. Yeah, you've got to allow teams to play beyond your postseason. So we got there. Well, you can't have Sunday play. We had Geico on a Sunday. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday tournament. We don't allow Sunday play. So we moved it to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sure. Well, we only want four-year high school teams that follow the NFHS rules. So we enacted that. 
we um, can't play any schools with 50 years or post-grads. And so that was a rule we've had from the very beginning. Sure. Then we invest in a transfer policy. So we've constantly made adjustments to make it easier for states to say yes. I think the challenge with GEICO in terms of expansion was the eight states that we have have kind of been our eight states for a number of years. If you recall, Dorman was, was ranked, I think, in your poll as high as number two, Ronnie. Yep. We got Dorman to play uh, right before the, pan the, before the pandemic knocked the event out. But that was a long vote process in South Carolina that went through multiple rounds of Dorman appealing. So where we stood with state champs was, I mean, with GEICO was, the, the, the teams that wanted to go in have to go through a pretty lengthy arbitration and hearing process in their states. Um, the Fort Myers or the Myers Park girls were ranked really high about five or six years ago. They okay. appealed to Carolina and got knocked down. So what happened is as these appeals processes started happening or as certain state executive directors went to their school board, their boards, because they thought their team should be in, they sure. were getting turned down. And the number one thing they said to me was, listen, our state, our state may have a rule where we can't play independence. Um, yeah. Other states have a rule where they can't even play an Oak, uh, a Montverde or an IMG because they don't play for a state championship. Correct. Other states who even allow teams into Geico are like, well, we can only play teams that belong to the Federation. So we can play IMG and Montverde, even though California can't, but we can't play La Lumiere because they're a true independent. Or Oak Hill is not a full member of the VHSL. They're a third tier member that's not good enough. Correct. So there were so so what they said to me was they go, if you could create an event for NFHS state champions only, we're not going to guarantee it, but we think that's got a better chance of passing. Um, gotcha. So that was one. The second thing was coaches. So there's there's two sets of coaches we have. We have coaches like Grant Rice, who you guys interviewed, I think, last week, who's who's yeah. a great advocate, who sometimes is going to make Geico, sometimes he's not. He's always going to be a seven or eight seed. He's always going to get put up against Montverde or IMG. And unless he's got a spectacular team, even getting out of that first round is tough. And a lot of yeah. times you could catch a team because they're, they're McDonald's All-Americans are coming with no sleep to Geico at a 6 a.m. flight yeah. and playing at noon. Right? <laughs> yeah. you get by that, you can't catch him on the second day. Or, you know, his team this year has not traveled a lot, but they're what they're going to end up being 30-0 yeah. um, because of COVID and rules and restrictions they'd be a bubble team in, in the Geico field. And if we went off the rankings, they may not even make Geico. So now they're sitting at home. The NIAA has allowed their teams to play. And we're like, well, that's not happening. So those yeah. coaches were looking for an alternative. And then there are coaches who want to play, but they're like, our state will never let us play. Is there anything you can do to get them to, to change and, and allow play? And I think the, the last thing, which, which a lot of people don't think about is, so here is our first Geico Nationals field. Oak Hill, St. Benedict's, Pinewood Prep, Finley, Mountain State Academy, Montrose Christian, and Friends Central. So teams yep. were, you know, so now here are the teams that weren't even around or weren't basketball powers to consider for Geico when we started. Montverde. Yeah. You didn't have a great program. IMG, Sunrise, Lala Mier, Prolific Prep, Wasatch, Link. Um, yeah. So what's happened, as you guys know well, is over the past decade, the amount of independent four-year high schools that have decided to, eat, to, to either amp their basketball program up or schools that have decided to go independent and play national schedules has become much more. So the field has become so competitive. It used to be our seven and eight seeds may not be ranked. Now our seventh and eight seeds may be ranked 10 and 11 in the country. Yeah. Right? And so you've got this pressure to get in. Expanding Geico has been really, really tough because, A, we don't want to go on Sunday. 
okay, yeah. because the Sunday play role. And then the McDonald's game, this is the first year the McDonald's game is ever on a Tuesday. It's usually on a Wednesday. So sure. we're scrambling to get six to 10 boys, McDonald's All-Americans to Geico to play. So we yeah. can't take it back because we conflict with the McDonald's game. So now you've got coaches who are ranked 13th in the country and, and 12th in the country fighting for an eighth seed. And, and one of them is going to be mad at me. So when we, <laughs> we camps, we're like, listen, there's obviously a different level of play between the state champs and the independents. Yeah. Um, we, the other factor was, let's say we, we've got eight states and I take one team from the state champions bracket to play in Geico. I've got seven states looking at me going, man, our 33 and 0 team from Utah, Rainier Beach from Washington deserved a shot just because Ronnie doesn't have him ranked high enough or Sports yeah. Center Next doesn't have him ranked high enough for USA Today or Max Brooks doesn't mean they're worthy. Yeah. Why are we approving something when our teams get in once every five years? And gotcha. so that those are all the reasons we ended up creating this secondary property was more opportunities for teams to play. Yeah. Um, there's a difference in the fields. Right. Giving the state champs an opportunity to play with teams that are more on their level and also allowing more of the better teams in that are independent a chance to get into Geico. Um, and then yep. the last the last real factor, and this is on the girls side, which is important to us, was, you know, Geico has helped determine the boys mythical national championship. I want to say seven or eight times in the past 10, 11 years. There is, you know, the Chino Hills couldn't play. I think modern day had a great team. Yeah. But by and large. You know, we helped determine the number one ranking in the Fab 50, which is important to us. On the girls' side, we've done that once. Okay. Right? Because most of the girls' powers are state association teams versus independents. So our thought was, man, you know, there's some great girls' teams in California, in Ohio, in Kentucky, all across the country who can't play in Geico. What if we could create an event where they're actually allowed to play and we could impact the girls' side as much as the boys' side? How amazing would that be? And so those were those were all the reasons. I think the reaction's been pretty positive. You know, my my take on the as far as summer basketball goes, you know, we love summer basketball. We you know last year we went out and televised EYBL um, sure. in Peach Jam, and we did boys and girls games, and we're hoping to do the same thing this year. We're, we're working on that. Um, the challenge we run into is is we live in a world of imperfect, and I'm trying to create something that everyone wants to be perfect in year one. And it's yeah. never perfect in year one, right? It's like, you know, the automobile you buy today isn't what, you know, isn't the Model T. <laughs> right. Today's determinant is, is perfect. So sure. it's, it's much like building a winning basketball program. You rarely start and win a state championship in year one if you're a coach coming into a new situation. You got to build, you got to grow, you got to develop, you got to work on the feeder system. So it's the same It's the same thing here. We, we didn't want to move Geico Nationals off the window that it has because it's got such tradition and history and we didn't really, frankly, think it's fair to the teams that have played and have built it up for those many years. Yeah. Just say, hey, we're going to take you out of these great slots on this weekend that it's known for. We've also got advertiser commitments. We've got time period commitments. We have business commitments for that weekend. So for state champs, would we have liked to move it a week before Geico? Yeah. Challenge we have is television-wise, there's so much college basketball going on. There's the women's tournament, which is really important, NCAA. There's yeah. the MIT. So how do you get slots to put people on TV? Because that's how we go get sponsorships. So the week after there was an opening, um, we weren't sure if if summer basketball was starting on that date or not. But here's what we did when we found out. We said, look, we're going to put the event in Florida. We can't impact everybody, but EYBL has got a lot of the kids who may cross over. Let's sure. put the event relatively close to EYBL. Let's put the boys event on Thursday, the semis. So yeah. now 
you lose on Thursday, two two of the four teams are going to lose on Thursday. We can bus you over from we can bus you over to EYBL really easily. And if you're playing in Under Armour or you're playing in Adidas or you're playing in somewhere else, we will we will work with your coach to fly you out that Thursday night or Friday morning. Yeah, Friday is an off day for the boys, so they could hopefully rest. But if they want to go play, they could play a game. And then Saturday, our boys' game is at noon. It'll be done by two. You could literally hit a a summer court at six o'clock in the evening if you're playing. Yeah. And you could play on Sunday. So, is it ideal? No, but is it really practical for what we're facing? Yes. And are we working with all the kids and the coaches? Definitely. And sure. the the other point is you're talking about for seniors, it doesn't matter. Right. And for rising sophomores and rising juniors, it does matter. But you're talking about impacting two to four to six kids. It's not like and there's thousands of kids playing that weekend. So when we look at it in totality, it's a really small amount. And again, if a school feels like, hey, this is impacting our kids too much, they don't have to play. Yeah. I mean, it's like this is America. You can go to you can go into a restaurant and get 80 different types of coffee. And so. You know, so I think the the the, the negative reaction is probably a little over overblown given the actual impact. And then yeah. if you think about the positive impact for these kids, the exposure that they're going to get, the opportunities to play with their teams, and what this could mean for 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 youth basketball in general. I don't want to separate high school versus summer. It's, right, sure. We've got too many reasons for being for us to say, God, it's going to affect four kids. Let's not do it. Right? There are yeah. too many positives in my mind to say to say let's let's do it and let's figure it out. No doubt. No doubt, Rosh. That makes sense. So over time, you know, no state champ has won Geico so far. So was that the growing sentiment? Like you said, you've been working on this for four years. Was the sentiment growing that the state's getting an invite? It was like a nice reward, so to speak, but that in reality they weren't going to win three games. And like you said, why invite us or a sanction us, or we sanctioned to go to this event when we're not going every year. Was that the main? I mean, they were, they were, I think they were all factors. I think every state champ thinks they can win, right? Sure. You know, Jason <laughs> Milton came in last year and, and, and they both lost university school made a really nice run, but they had two future pros in Vernon Carey and Scotty Barnes. And they had, you know, a freshman named Howard, I think on that team as well, who's, you know, Jed Howard who was really good. So you've got to have an unusually good team. And then the reality is, if that unusually good team's not eligible for Geico, what's the point? So that unusually good team this year is either Richardson or, or Duncanville. They'll play it out and we'll, we'll figure out which one's better, right? They, I think they yeah. had a one or two point game. But that unusually good team can't even play in Geico. So we're sitting yeah. here holding on to a notion that those best teams can play when they can't, or we've yeah. got to go through so many hoops to even try. So, yeah. right. so now you're, you're sitting in a world where you're saying, in theory, this is perfect, but it's actually not perfect. And we've been doing it for 11 years. So why don't we try to create something where those teams can play and, and create an opportunity? And, you know, maybe 10 years down the road, the champions meet or something like that. But sure. I looked at it this way. I'm 55. I've been doing this for 11 years, Geico. I've been doing high school basketball for 25. I got 10 or 15 more years left in me, maybe, depending on how old we get, Ronnie. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah. I'm like, let's try to flip this around, create more opportunities and see if we can get more states involved to approve postseason. We may sit here three years from now and go, man, you got two more states. It didn't work. Yeah. We may sit here and go, man, you got Texas and you got California and New York jumped mm-hmm. on board in Ohio. <laughs> this was a home run idea. And now you've got more kids playing postseason and you're getting to see some matchups. Um, like for your Fab 50 poll, nothing's ideal, but I'm, I'm sure if, if Gorman and Cavalry Christian are playing at the end of the year, 
which they both yeah. can be playing this year, that's going to make an impact in where, where you seed them, right? Or where you put them in your last bowl. For sure. Now imagine this. Imagine if you had Corona Centennial or Sierra Canyon out of California and you had Duncanville playing and you had Gorman and you had Cavalry Christian. Right. Pretty doggone yeah. good. Now you what, have about a Centerville, what about Centerville out of Ohio or a Glenbard West team who lost in a buzzer beater to Sierra Canyon? So that was the main, there are a bunch of reasons why, but those yeah. were, those were all really good reasons to do it. Um, and, and to figure out how do we, how do we expand this? Plus the fact that, as I said, we have more independence in Geico to where we could have a really competitive 12 or, or 16 team field. We just don't have space to put it in. So sure. I, I think those were, those were a number of the factors as to why we did it. Yeah. And that leads to my next question, coach. Um, you know, Geico seems like a locked in for an 18 tournament because like you said, the week it's weekend, it's on the TV slots mm -hmm. with McDonald's, but with, with the TV options there, but with the state champions invitational, is that going to be in the same boat or can you envision it? If you need to expand and go five days, or do you think three days is enough? You know, I know Geico is kind of locked into those three days as you mentioned earlier, but how about this event going forward? Well, I think, I think this event going forward, we'd like to go to eight teams next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, our plan again, with the state champions, our plan is to have equal number of boys and girls because every state that opts in has got a great girls team and a great boys team, you know, in our opinion. So next year we could, we could potentially go to eight and eight and play Thursday, Friday, Saturday again. Um, if we wanted to expand beyond that, we probably have to have regional events the weekend before, right. And have sponsorship to the point where it's all digital, you know, linear television doesn't matter as much. Um, that's a few years away, but I, I could see that expanding. If you get, Here's the thing with state associations. They may say no, right? But then once they say yes and are on board, um, they want to play every year. And then their coaches, want, when the coaches find out, they're calling us saying, hey, can we get in now, right? We, yeah. We're eligible. We want to play. And so I could see us having 16 states and saying, well, let's have every state play. We can't hold the tournament over one weekend. Maybe we got to do it a weekend before. But that would also require now states saying, we're okay with our teams playing theoretically four games or five, a five game tournament versus a three game tournament. And philosophically, everyone would have to get on board for that. So to me, this is baby steps where it's like, look at play, play one right now. It's a two, two game tournament. If you win or, or you get to the championship game, we could make it three games. And after that, it really is going to depend on the state state associations involved. Our goal is to get more States involved this year. Let's keep the eight States we have. Let's pick the best teams. Let's build the model. Um, part of what I, I believe in is you've got to put something out there in the real world and not just on paper for people to see it, believe it, know it's real, know what's happening, know they can <laughs> get testimonials from the states that participated and the coaches and the kids, and then you can build it. And once you build it, we'll take the, the states that we work with. we got close, close relationships with all of them. And we'll say, hey, we now have 16 states involved. Where do you guys want it? They may say, we love the idea of one week in the best eight teams. You form a great committee like you've done in the past and pick the eight best teams. Or if they say, God, we we all want our states to compete in this now. Then we could say, okay, do we make it a four-day tournament or do we hold do we hold two sets of regionals and we hold a one-day showcase in two parts of the country and four, you know four games in each part, eight teams, and those four winners play one game and then they advance. So there's yeah. a lot of flexibility, but we've got to get more states involved first. Gotcha. I know you. We uh, you you made a really great point about just with summer basketball. 
um, how, you know, there'll be guys that will be playing that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, do you plan on, obviously you had that date earlier and then they announced where the live period was going to be that first weekend in April. Uh, do you plan on keeping that, uh, that date on this around the same time? Because regardless, you're going to have a conflict, especially when you go into March, because, you know, right towards the end of that spring break around here in Texas, they're going to be, there's uh, summer events and stuff, but uh, just like, what do you, are you going to keep that same date around the same time uh, each year? Well, right now we've got the same date for next mm-hmm. year. Um, but I think what we're going to do is hold the event, see what the reaction is, see how it impacted summer basketball, see what happened with the live period, see how the coaches react and the players, and then we'll figure out what else we can do. We may have to keep the same date because we have no other choice to run an event or we'll be able to say, God, this was such a success. How do we do this? Can we make it an entirely digitally stream platform and put it a week before and get advertising support for that? So I think that's right now we'd plan to do it the same weekend, but based on reaction, we're going to look at all options. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Uh, Rosh, you know, the, besides the um, ideal dates, what, what could hinder the growth of this event, the, the new event? Uh, is, could it be the long wait period? How big is that uh, a factor? Or do, you, or, you, or do you think maybe the NFHS or state associations not creating this, is mm-hmm. that a positive or is that a negative? Like, or is there any fear to say, hey, wait a minute, whoa, we're, we're, we're playing in this guy's event. Let's create our own or let's sure. you're giving them the model. Is there any, is there any uh, hindrance there or is there any holdback because of that big gap? Like you say, Gorman is going to be done. This is what uh, third week of February Gorman's going to be done in a week. So they got to practice for five weeks. Yeah. And so the, the gap is something that is always a challenge. You know, Montverde's got a gap. They have a huge gap because they right. follow FHSAA rules. So they're done the first week of March. So they've had a month off as well. And, and coach bull, if you talk to him, one of his challenges for Geico is how do I keep my gut guys motivated and practice yeah. competitively without killing each other as I prepare for Geico? And he's obviously figured it out and done a great job. Sure. So I, I think basketball is obviously easier than football to have a gap in play um, sure. because the kids may go play AAU ball. They Most of these states have allowed their teams to have a certain number of set practices after their state championship in order to prep for Geico. But if we move this, you got to keep this in mind, like if we move this event earlier – it would also knock some states out. So we'd like to get New York. <laughs> so New York's New York's not holding their tournament of champions, but usually their tournament of champions takes place Geico week. Yes, so we're, we're sitting here and every state's not on board for the same season. So we're trying to figure out how do we maximize teams in? And if we went by when Utah and, and Nevada are done, we'd knock out half the country. If yeah. we wait to mid-March, um, all of a sudden, you know, I think Georgia finishes in mid-March. And those teams may want a week or two weeks off, or we have two teams playing for a state championship. One's committed to playing, one's not committed to playing. We found out on Saturday, our event's Thursday. That's not enough time to us for us to go find a backup team. So those are all the logistical operational issues that we face that a lot of people just, they kind of look at the calendar and go, why aren't you doing it this way? Well, because time for planning, time to select teams, flights, hotel, meals, yeah. coaches practices. Are you in? Are you out? Do you want to play? You know, just because someone wins a state championship doesn't mean they want to play in a postseason event. We've had that happen <laughs> as well with, you know, we with McEachern and Sharif Cooper, right? We thought they were in. Yeah. But they said they weren't in because of, of logistical conflicts. So it's a it's a break, but it's not like those kids aren't playing basketball. It's not like they aren't practicing with their AAU clubs. And it's not like they can't practice with with their high school teams. It's not ideal, 
But again, if we end up expanding the tournament, we may start tournament play earlier weeks. It just depends how this works. In terms of the NFHS, you know, we've got a really good relationship with the NFHS. Um, They're great people doing a lot of a lot of really good work. Um, And and they have been, you know, they've been amazing. They've got rules in terms of no postseason play. Every state does. But a number of their member associations have adjusted those bylaws. And the NFHS has always allowed us to do what we're doing. Um, So could they theoretically create their own event? Absolutely. Yeah. They also say, God, Paragon, you've been doing this really, really well for 15 years. We'd like to partner with you just like we partnered with play on sports to create the NFHS network, which has really been successful. So we have constant open dialogue with them. We've got a number of executive directors who are fans of what we do and would vouch for us. Um, so, so my hope is that we could sit down with the NFHS after this event is done and say, Hey, would you consider sanctioning this? Would you consider allowing more teams to play? And they may say, this is great. We want to do that. Or they could say, Hey, listen, every state can make their own individual choice and um, we're going to remain neutral. So that's a bridge we'll, we'll cross. But for me as an event creator and designer, we we try to create things not out of fear of what somebody else may do to us in the future. We try to create opportunities based upon what we believe is the right thing to do. And then we'll see kind of what, what happens. Otherwise, we'd be too paralyzed and too scared to do anything. Right. Yeah. Not a way to run a business. Got you. And as we let you go, Rush, uh, more from the basketball, the ranking side instead of the business side. You know, are you excited about Geico this year? Obviously, the you know Sunrise is playing great. You know Link has kind of come up game a good game. Yeah. You know what's your feeling on Geico so far? And then obviously you can't control who wins the state title, but mm-hmm. obviously you got three great teams in three di- different divisions in Florida, and obviously Gorman is two wins away from from qualifying. So yes. what, what's your take on the teams? Yeah. So Geico, I'm excited. I think this. You know, I think this year in Geico, and I, I say this every year, we got the best tournament ever. Like I thought, the one where we had you know Montverde had their loaded team, and we had. You know, a we had a one one eight matchup of prolific prep and Montverde yeah. with Caden Jalen. I was like, holy cow, that's the best one eight matchup we've ever had. And then it, it didn't happen. This year, what I would tell you is I think anyone can win Geico. And I yeah. think the the NIBC has proven that. Um, so there's there's two notes that I have. If if you saw La Lu play comp, you know, they beat Compass Prep yep. at Hoop Ball, yep. right? And then you've seen how, you know, Sunrise played against Link. All these games are super competitive. Sure. I think the NIBC team, my note to the NIBC coaches was, your teams are playing as well right now as usually they play at the end of Geico. Like, I think every coach would say to me, can we play in Geico and then do Geico again? Because we're playing really good basketball after (laughs) facing all these teams. (laughs) I think the, the NIBC teams are playing really, really well because they've had to face such crazy competition so it's better prepared themselves for Geico and their scouting reports on NIBC teams are as good as anybody, not only for the coaches, but the kids all know each other. Yeah. And then you add, you know, without, you know, then you add some, you look at some of the other top teams that we're considering, you know, you could have eight to 10 McDonald's all Americans in Geico, which may be a, a, a high, a high number. I think this year, the one and the eight and the two and the seven are as competitive as, a, as the, Usually in Geico, the four, five, and the three, six are crazy matchups. Mm-hmm. We'll sometimes get an eight, like a lone peaker or Gorman scaring the crap out of the one, right? With those straight games. I think this year, if you if you match up the four games, you could you each could take. I, I get the number one. I get the higher ranked. I get the lower ranked, and you could go two and two. Go th- you know uh, three for four either way. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be it's going to be as competitive as a tournament, and I honestly don't know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. That's just going to make it fun, right? Yeah, it's going to make every team coming in 
is every team coming in feels like they can beat the other team. So I think that is really, really good. As far as the state champs go, you know, we're talking to Gorman, Cavalry Christian out of Florida if they win or if Dr. Phillips. Um, you know, we've, we we got to connect with Rainier Beach, but I was looking at Washington. They're, they've got a nice season in their state rolling right now where they're going undefeated. Yeah. You know, out of the DCSAA, you know, we're we're definitely in conversations with Sidwell Friend Girls because they're one in the country. And then I noticed the sure. boys are 21 and one. Yeah, and the so boys are good. We got to do a deep dive into them. Um, you know, we're looking into we're looking into Utah as well. Um, we're looking into Arizona, and then there are a couple of states that we're going to call who do not allow Geico right now, and we're just going to see if they would be willing to open it up on a quick flip around basis um, with this new kind of tournament that we have for for NFHS state champs invitational. But we'll we'll see. That's really a year two process for us. But for a couple of teams that are ranked high undefeated. We're going to make those calls and, and see if if their states say, hey, you know what? You've switched it around. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these kids. We're going to let them play. So we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and, 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 and see. But I'll have a really good answer for you in about four weeks. Got you. So, Ross, we appreciate you jumping on. The 7th through the 9th April uh, State Champions Invitational. Is that championship game at 12 p.m. Eastern time on that Saturday? Just for the yeah, fans it's, out there? It's a, yeah, it's at 12 Eastern time. We're going to, you know, I think March 16th, we're looking, I think that's the date we're looking to release the Geico field and the okay. state champs field. And then we'll push out the TV time periods, the location for state champs, but it will be in Florida, either in the you know, Tampa or Orlando area. We're finalizing a venue deal right now. And then I think it'll be a great, uh, it'll be a great 10 days of basketball. Yeah, it should be great. We appreciate it. We're going to look forward to it. Obviously our listeners look forward to it. So we'll be watching on those two weekends. So we appreciate your time and thank you for jumping on. Appreciate yeah, thanks for all you guys do for high school basketball. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Right, Take care, Ross. So you see there, uh, Ani, he has plenty to talk about. And oh, sure. He, yeah, he he's fired up about the event. Like you said, you know, nothing's gonna be, um, nothing's gonna be ideal. I I do think, like he said, there is some pushback from from coaches, from from the grassroots side. You know, in the week that it's been announced, is it? as profound as you thought, or is it less profound or is it people still kind of like, well, let's just see how this works out. Or do they realize it's just four teams? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's definitely more just, let's see how this works out. But I, I definitely think it's like, you know, you look at a prospect, it's like, this is very intriguing. Uh, For me personally, I think obviously this is fantastic, but I think, Right here, I think it's just like, let's just see what this is. I think people are excited about the potential of this. Um, And uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's going to go really well, and I think it's going to be something that, like you talked about, potentially expanding. I think it's going to get to a point of, like, regional events and stuff like that. I, I think it, it'll, it'll get yeah. to that point. So. Wow. If it does, that's going to be just more things <laughs> for me to cover, more work for me. You know? Right. Same here. Same here. Yeah, because you look more at traveling. it Yeah, you know, you look at those states this year, and he mentioned some of those teams. We got – uh, and then I'm speaking of the Fat 50, Calvary Christian. We've talked about them many times for many weeks. Right. You know, they've lost uh, to Montverde and to Milton. They're 20 and 2. They're number 10. Bishop Gorman's 29 and 0. They're number 11. They got two more games. They've beaten Liberty three times now. And as you know, Ani, Liberty beat uh, one of Texas's better teams, the 4A uh, front runners, Faith Family, Oak Cliff yeah. Faith Family. Close, but Gorman's beat them three times, and they may have to play them again this weekend in Reno for the state champion. So that'll put them at 31-0 and if they win those two games. So those two teams will probably be in. I mean, 
Rashid kind of mentioned it. Like he's looking at those two teams for sure. Right, that he's yeah. gonna fill fill two teams in. But yeah, a Gorman versus Calvary final would be pretty good. You know, that, that would be pretty good. You got the young <laughs> Gorman team against a really battle tested Calvary Christian team. Right. Again, you know, Geico, I mean, is Sunrise the favorite? I think they are on paper, but yeah. are you know, are they as big as a favorite as I seen uh, Mom Verde in some years? I don't think so. No, no, I think I think uh, yeah. it'd be interesting to see who has those like that. Who are those seventh and eighth seeds? Uh, yeah. But I think Geico's wide open this year. I don't think there's like a really dominant team. Obviously, Sunrise has been the obviously most consistent team, and that's why they're number one. But you know, getting to that point, like he talked about how Coach Boyles is trying to figure out how to keep his guys motivated for that during that time. There's so many factors that go into play getting into guy like one like the weeks leading into Geico. So it'll be very interesting to see like who who still keeps up their play from that yeah. layoff and you know who kind of comes up and starts peaking at that time. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. Like you said, if Sunrise doesn't win it and let's say Oak Hill gets on a roll and wins it. Or, you know, one of the, the mid-seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team I'm thinking about would be Lalamere. They played pretty yeah. good. They split with Oak Hill. They lost to Montverde twice, lost to Sunrise. So now you're looking at that that Duncanville. Like the Duncanville, if Duncanville plays Richardson and and that team, the winner of that game would be the semifinals probably, right, in this class. Yeah, that would be a semifinals, yeah. Six-day game. So then that champion, like that team could – I can't say they are, but they could finish number one. They really could. Because what yeah. happens at Geico? Yeah. Now, it would it would correct. How about if Oak Hill wins Geico? They got seven losses right now. You're going to put – you're not going to put Richardson in front of them with right. uh, with two wins over Duncanville who beat Montverde? You know, so, again, a lot of things – like he said, the champ doesn't always come from Geico. Like right. we've seen Chino Hills. We've seen other teams – you know, Yates finished number one. Yeah. You know, uh, the event was already on. Now, I remember everybody was like, oh, Finley would beat Yates. Finley would beat Yates. But, like, Yates was undefeated. Now, Yates did lose to Finley that next year down in Texas, but that was a different right. team. Joe Young wasn't on the team. Right, you know, right. So, but, you know, there's always that talk. So, and again, Geico and the State Champions Invitation is a great event, but it always I want people to know it always doesn't determine my number one. It has an influence, but they're always not going to be number yeah, it's one. Not the, it's not the whoever wins that is number one. All right. You know? No, no. You got to take the other states into consideration, especially with Duncanville. Again, they got the big win. They got the win they needed right. over Montverde. Montverde is the only team right now that beat Sunrise. They split. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that it's it's not over yet. So been pretty interesting. I'm glad Ross was able to come on, kind of break it down a little more. Yeah, Rosh loves sure. to talk, and you know he trusts me. I've known him for a long time. I worked at ESPN when he was working, you know, with Paragon. So mm-hmm. uh, Paragon is kind of like a, a marketing company or a marketing firm, and they work closely with ESPN. So very interesting how hi, what high school basketball is gone, and uh, you know, like our guest last weekend, Grant Rice said, you know, it, it he 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 uh, they had a really good chance to win that Lalamere game. And, yeah. you know, came up one jumper short. But like he said, to win three games, uh, that would have been very tough against IMG. Those IMG and those Montverde teams were pretty good. Yeah. You know, IMG was really good that year. Uh, yeah. No, I remember they were. <laughs> they were <laughs> low. Like, he, it, it was basically, it was going to be a win. Yeah. 
beating uh, La Lu. Well, it was a win getting that close, but yeah, like yeah. it was a real big win being La Lu, and that that's basically like you know you're not. You're gonna you're win three in a row. Yeah. yeah, you're not expecting to win three. Even two in a row is hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's this is a uh a thing that needs to be worked out. It's obviously like he said, the first Geico or NHSI, whatever you want to call it, Dick's Nationals, it's had its change sponsorship. It wasn't it was good, but it wasn't great. Finley obviously won the first one over a pretty good old kill team. So we're gonna see where that's going, you know. Uh as you wrap up, what do you, what else you got out there, Ani? Does did anything? I mean, Jawan Howard and 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 took up it just it took it overlapped everything. I, I I mean that's what it was. Everybody was talking about more than the All Star game. I mean, the thing I wanted to mention about the All Star game, and I'll let you get your final there word. You go. Is yeah. Like, you know, Bob Pettit was there. Bob Pettit is ninety. Like yeah. when we have this hundred, the crazy thing I thought about when we have this hundred celebration, and they are going to have a hundred celebration, right? A lot of those guys are not going to be there. No, no. That's sad. It's a little sad, but it is sad. I love those guys. Like, I like Russell. I like Jabbar. Like, those are. Looking at those when they announce everybody and, like. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It's it's, even though I'm 29, but, like, I just, you know, I try to be, like, a history about, like, watch so much basketball. And you look at, like, how Kareem looks now. Like, you know, he's a, you know, he's older, like. You see how, like, even uh, Dr. J, Dominique, like, you know, they just all, you know, the age, like you said, when he gets to 100, like, it, a lot of, like, a good amount's not going to be there. Like, you even look at it, like, I was like, man, it's so crazy. When you watch the NBA All Star Game, like in twenty in two thousand nine, and you see some of those guys, and now you look at it now, and it's like, yeah, like time's passing by. The yeah. birthday, you know, yeah, birthdays keep coming. So, yeah, yeah. like now, like when it gets to hundred, we'll see LeBron with real gray hair and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Giannis, and you know, yeah. balding. Like it, you know what I mean? Like it just—it's crazy, man. You know, like yeah, Bob Pettit's ninety. You know. uh, Russell's getting up there. You see all those guys. It's just, it, 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 it's just crazy to me that Magic and and Bird are now in their sixties. You know, are, are hitting sixty. You know, Bird's obviously a lot older than Magic, right? Three, three, three or four years older. But yeah, you know, Dominique and you know the the guy who still carries himself like he's the man is Jordan. Obviously. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> Dominique kind of acts like an older guy now. He's two years older than Jordan, but like Jordan just kind of walks up to guys and they're like. They don't know what to say. They can't, yeah, it's like, they can't get a word in. Yeah. The only one was I saw an interaction with him going to Luca. And yeah. Devin Luca, the car the talents just randomly just shows up and just like my man, like <laughs> like yeah. And Jordan was like, Who are you? you know? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's they still rever revere him, just like I'm sure Jordan kind of looks at Dr. J and and some of the older guys, but Jordan was still playing you know jordan dr day was still playing when jordan was playing so a little different i know jordan likes david thompson he obviously didn't get picked for the team mm-hmm. and 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 you know we kind of went over those picks and and we you know i may i may rank those 75 guys in order but like, i can't complain about those top 10 too much like you said right um you know it's been a crazy week and you know, hopefully, there's no college coaches going at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, we don't need anybody mushing anybody. Uh, yeah, mushing, like you said, it's just man, that's gonna be tough because the pressure cooker's there. I, you know, you know, like you said, where, where are we going with this? With the G League, uh, having their guys in the in the Rising Stars game, 
you know, they're not getting much exposure. College basketball seems to be at a little bit of a crossroads. Like, got these young guys can go to the G League. College basketball is still strong, but for sure, a lot of guys that are supposedly they're on the hot seat. Like, who else is on the hot seat? Like, okay, let's say Juwan's on now on the hot seat. Like, Bobby right. Hurley's on the hot seat at ASU. Is mm. there anybody like in the in the south? Uh, or, like, you know, the, the there's there's speculation like you know the A and like Buzz Williams, uh, yeah. you know SMU. Uh, Jankovic, uh, you know, yeah. you know, you know, they had a huge win against Memphis. Uh, yeah. but you know, there's like around here, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential move uh, mm-hmm. movers. Uh, yeah. during uh, uh, this season, uh, guys may retire. Yeah. You know, just it's, it's it's uh, you know, guys, there are guys in the hot seat. Uh, yeah. but like there's a lot of potential movement, especially like assistant coaches. Like, you know, you got like the guys at Baylor, like Jerome Tang and AB3, uh, yeah. who potentially could be up for some head coaching jobs this year. You know, like yeah. you got, you got, you just, there's going to be a lot of movement and there's a decent amount of guys in the hot seat this year. Yeah. You know, cause I'd look at like Houston, right. And they, mm-hmm. when they played Oregon state last year, they did play them in the eight. Yeah. It was Oregon state, right. right? They were a, a shot or two away from beating Houston. Ani, they're struggling yeah, like crazy horrible. this year. Yeah, they're struggling bad this year. So the, the fortunes change quickly. You know, like you said, Michigan was kind of like a darling team last year. Well, that ain't the case no more. I mean, they're, you know, John Howard is going to be under the microscope if he comes back for the Big Ten tournament or, like you said, if he sits out to next year, whatever they decide to do. But um, even Oklahoma yeah. State, you know, obviously losing K Cunningham is big, but yeah. like, you know, their team yeah, that was talked yeah. about so much now this year, you know, they're kind of struggling some. Uh, yeah. It just that year to year. I mean, it just none, turnover nothing. Turnover is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Turnover is nuts, especially with the portal. And like you yeah. said, like, you get in the season by December, guys are having meetings about, like, man, I'm going to leave. Like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Like, these guys, you know, like, you have GAs be like, man, I, I think like half the team's going to leave. Then I'm just yeah. like, shit. I mean, hell, that's uh, about. <laughs> yeah. well, just like in football you have a get back coach you're gonna need a retention coach right like you need somebody to pay attention and be like okay you know is, is is everything okay can we can we count on this guy for how many years it's it's right. such a different ball game that's the difference between college basketball even so much more now uh everybody said that the one and done changed college basketball to me it's like even bigger than the one and done is uh the commitment to the program, you know, like guys are just not as committed. Like the game, the name I, I bring up and I, and that's nothing against him personally. Like I know Ben Simmons would have wanted to play pro ball instead of going to LSU. Right. And it showed like the way he played there. It, it showed like he was no, just I'm trying sure. to get through it, not mm-hmm. get hurt. And I'm trying to be the number one pick. I don't, it's a lot different than Larry Johnson potentially being a top pick. One of the and coming back to UNLV, like his commitment level just way different. You know what right. I mean? I mean, so you got guys, you got schools that are recruiting guys and telling them, hey, look, I know you're above our level, but come here for a year and then you can transfer up. So it's just like, you know, wow. there, yeah. there's this because you're recruiting guys saying this is just a one year thing and then you transfer up. Uh, wow, like, like it's like some junior college, like the guy's a qualifier, you know? Yeah, it's a qualifier <laughs> junior college. Yeah, right. yeah. You, they, that's a great strategy. More teams should do that. Like, hey, bro. We're a great fit for you. You, you. This year, we have a great team. We're going to win our conference tournament. We're going to get a berth in a tournament, and you mm-hmm. can lead to a bigger conference next year. <laughs> right. And we want you for this year. Wow. that I, never, I didn't really think about that before, but that recruiting is on a whole nother level. I yeah. really feel bad for um, the high school teams. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, we didn't get to talk about Bronny. We'll, we'll talk about Bronny a little more next week because we're, ha- we're we're kind of wrapping this one up uh, about what LeBron said over the weekend at All Star, how he kind of wants to play with Bronny. That's a bigger topic. I think instead of just brushing it, we'll wait to next week and we'll sure, kind of sure. end this one on this note now. So I wanted to re- uh, remind people. We obviously appreciate you tuning in to the YouTube version. Also, you Spotify, you get us on Megaphone. So we appreciate it. Wanted to let people know that, you know, as we grow this this pod, we want to uh, promote our apparel on all platforms. You can still use the one-time discount code for this uh, our podcast to get 15% off at shop.ballslife.com. The one-time discount code is... P-A-I-N-T-1-5. Once again, that's P-A-I-N-T-1-5. Again, shop.ballslife.com. 15% off your order. Free shipping in the U.S. But yeah, as we wrap it up, we appreciate people listening in. Ani, I know you want to grow that YouTube version. we got people that some like it, some still. A lot of people are listening to the audio, so I, we appreciate whether you listen in the yeah, car, sure. <laughs> wherever, what time of the way you listen. I know you guys like listening toward the beginning of the week, so we try to get this out as soon as possible. Ani, you have any closing uh, statement? Uh, no, nah, just uh, uh, I hope uh, the week isn't as crazy as this past <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, hope, hope we have uh, just some competitive yeah. basketball. Nothing yeah. too crazy, but uh, it, you know, yeah. especially been a, it's been a uh, been an interesting week. Uh, conference tournaments coming it's up coming and college yeah. basketball playoffs. You know, high I'm going school playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So we're getting that taken care of but uh, until next week I think me and Ani are signing off on episode 118 and we'll talk to you guys next week